0: We are doing a series uh, now on Sunday mornings on first steps for believers, first steps for believers. Uh, Sometimes we, you read a book or maybe you read a little bit of um, uh, maybe some articles uh, or hear a series on first steps for new believers. But I I honestly think that there's a lot of people who have been believers or they've been saved for maybe even some years and they still really haven't taken their first steps as believers. And even for those that are, and we would maybe consider yourself mature, you've studied the Bible, you've been active in different ministries, things like that. But I tell you what, these first steps are so critical that these are should be daily steps for believers. Not just first steps, but daily steps for us. And so we've looked at this passage today, and we're going to be centering really on verse 2. It's a verse that I think most of us have heard before, maybe have memorized. It's a good one to memorize as well, and that is verse 2, as newborn babes. Desire this sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. I want us to, first of all, remind ourselves of the purpose of Victory Baptist Church. The purpose of Victory Baptist Church is to glorify God by proclaiming the gospel, growing in grace, and making disciples. That's our focus and that's our goal here. Everything we say and do, whatever event we have, should be centered around that theme and that purpose. Ultimately, to give glory to God through all that. And I believe that God has blessed Victory Baptist Church through all these years. The highs and lows and everything else that, that God has blessed. Pastor Mob, but I'm sure you can attest to that too. God has blessed this church abundantly in so many ways. And we praise God for that. But my challenge this morning here is that we would simply know how to grow in God's Word. Growing in God's Word is the title of today's message. So, we remember we took a, a study over the summer in Romans chapter 8. Uh, of knowing our standing, our position in Christ that we have. And uh, now as we think this, we are looking at how do we begin our walk with the Lord? How do we begin our new life in Christ? The Bible says if any man or woman is in Christ, they are a new creature, new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you're a new life in Christ. We've seen some souls saved over the past few months. We praise God for each one of those. But now how do they grow? How do you walk? And I believe that that walk that they must now take is the walk that we all must daily take as well. And so we should start our journey. And we're talking about these important steps. And we're talking about first knowing, knowing God, read, pray, listen, connect, worship, and share. Those are kind of the the topics that we've d- been discussing here in this series. So today we're doing that second thing of, of um, uh, last time we were together, we talked about uh, knowing, but growing the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We talked about that today. We're going to be talking about reading God's word and knowing it. And so then we're going to continue on. The next time together, we're going to talk about prayer, then listening, connection, worship, and sharing. So all these are vital to promote a believer's growth. Now, these things in of itself do not uh, cause a believer to grow. You know, just, okay, I read five verses of the Bible. Man, I just feel taller already. All right. I don't know about you. Have you ever had a diet? Maybe when you were younger. Uh, I I told my the teens this morning, you know, that there's a difference between feeling old and older. Okay? you feel old. I mean, you're and I asked them, uh, Avery, I'm going to put you on the spot. What age uh, is old? What did you say? 46. That's how old his dad is. Josh, if you need my use my office for a few minutes, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, there's a difference between feeling older and old, okay? So uh, it's okay to get older, but when you get old, it's like, okay, that's it. But anyways, as we grow in the Lord, uh, I, I, what was it going with this? Okay, you know, remember when you're younger, and um, Amy, you just want to, I know kids especially, they want to be a little taller, a little faster, a little stronger, whatever it may be. And so um, I'm going to pick up my son, Benjamin. He's He likes to do workouts, so he... He's doing like push-ups and things like that. And uh, they're actually doing karate and all that. So they do some exercises. And so uh, Ben will sometimes do 10 push-ups and say, hey, Dad, look at my muscles now. They're bigger, aren't they? You know, if it were that easy, right? If we're only that easy. And I think sometimes in our Christian life, we kind of think the same way. Man, I read a chapter in the book of John today. Man, I feel more mature, right? If it, that, if it were that easy. And there are some days I think we do feel that little spurt of growth. Have you ever sensed that? Man, there's just a, a growth spurt in a Christian's life. Man, That they've really just improved. I think last year, I'm going to call out Aaron Zachman. By the way, keep praying for them, by the way, dear family. Uh, Aaron texted me yesterday, and uh, he's doing well in college down at Pensacola. Um, and I saw last summer when he was kind of interning around here, how much he grew. Remember, we would have him preach here every once in a while, that first message he preached. He, he did okay. You know, was, I, I was exciting to see him do that. And then by the end of the summer, he was preaching every month. Remember that? And by the end of the summer, man alive, God was working in his heart. You could tell that. And you saw a growth spurt, if you will, in his life spiritually, okay? I'm proud of that guy, by the way. Pray for Aaron, all right? Aaron the Younger. I think that's what Mike likes to call him, Aaron the Younger. So. Anyway, with that in mind, how are you growing? And I, I think here's the know, What is our goal in growth, in spiritual growth? Here's it. Here's what it is. A believer grows as he gives glory to God. A believer grows as he gives glory to God. So that is our purpose is really to see God glorified. That is the goal of your growth as a Christian is that God would be glorified. That's the goal, okay? So keep that in mind. no matter what you do in life, give glory to God, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. okay? So, and we this is kind of a re- repeat from two weeks ago now. A Christian's life, remember, is like riding a bicycle. Unless you keep moving, you will fall off, all right? We have not arrived yet. We still have a lot of room to grow. Those, I've, I've definitely encountered uh, numerous uh, senior saints uh, who have been around for a while. They grew up in church, knew the Bible well, been saved, have a good testament for the Lord. Many will tell me, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm still growing. Praise God for that, okay? So we are, what are we supposed to do? The Bible says we should press on towards the mark, the high calling of Christ Jesus. In that, like we talked about two weeks ago, we are to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So today we're turning our attention to another important element of growth, and that is God's word, okay? You know, it's interesting. When you measure growth, growth in a church, uh, a lot of churches or denominations, they are concerned with physical growth. Their, their numbers, uh, attending services and all that. And then, of course, that is a concern. You know, we, uh, we love to see a church that is filled and uh, people that are here. But I would say this, while it is great and encouraging to see, see a church building filled with people, my desire, my desire is as a pastor, and I hope it is your desire as well, is to see a church that are, are filled with people, filled with the Spirit of God and walking with the Lord, that they're growing in the Lord. So how do you see growth? How do you measure growth then in a church? in a church family i believe you can usually see growth of a church by their love for the word of god they love god's word they love the lord and they show it you can tell when you're around a man that person's been with the lord they have spent time with that so i like what warren Wiersbe says concerning as we look at first peter 2 two. this is in his commentary god's word has life it gives life and it nourishes life that is so true god's word has life gives life and nourishes life so god's word is so important in the life of a believer okay i'm going to start out this question uh here today is how many of you have a personal bible a bible that you personally have okay how many have at least two bibles okay i'm going to go a little farther how many have five bibles six ten okay we have a lot we have a lot of copies of the scriptures if you include your, your your apps on your phone, for example, Bible apps, I have a couple on mine that I use actually daily, myself. Uh, any way you can get God's word, praise God for that, okay? Utilize it. But now we're going to do an application. We're going to kind of dig a little bit into this verse and then a lot of application today on how to effectively use God's word in your life that it could bring you in an environment to grow in Him, to know God and to glorify Him. So let's go back to that verse, verse 2. As newborn babes desire... The sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So the first question is this, who are these newborn babes? Well, our first thinking, and I I think this is part of Paul, or I mean, Peter's thinking too, as he writes this, is that we, first of all, think of newborn babes. These are like new believers in Christ. Someone just got saved. Great. Now, desire the sincere milk of the word. Get into the milk of the word, okay? Uh, And I think that that is definitely appropriate for this. And that's a good, good interpretation. But I also think it's not just new believers, but I believe these, these newborn babes are really every believer in Christ. Every believer in Christ should be like a newborn babe. That's, that's really what Peter's thought is today. Because I'll be honest with you, there's some people who've been saved a long time and they act like newborn babes. You understand what I mean? They act like newborn babes, whether in character or in, the, in their understanding or whatever it may be so I think these newborn babes are new believers in Christ, but they're also every believer in Christ. Each and every one of us are like that. We are like a newborn babe. So what are we supposed to do? We are, as it says here, as newborn babes, that's every one of us, whether you've been saved for five minutes or five years or 50 years. Okay. As newborn babes, we are to do what? To desire. To desire the sincere milk of the word. So we are to desire. The word desire there in the Greek is actually a very strong word. And it really says there's not an option. Peter is saying this is what you're going to do, all right? You need to do this, all right? There's not an option. If you want to grow in Christ, you have to be connected to the word, okay? So this is this is the idea. It reminds us of Psalm 42. The psalmist says this, as the heart or the deer pants after the water brooks, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. So just as the deer pants for or longs for or desires the water, the water brooks, even so our souls, As newborn babes, we should also desire God. Okay, that is the idea. And here's an interesting thought here as well. Just as a newborn baby instinctively longs for his mother's milk, even so does a believer long for the milk of the word. And that comes naturally. This should be a natural flow that we should desire God's word, to know him, to read his word. This is really important. One of my blessings uh, that our family received Years ago, when we were on the mission field in, in Israel, we had a, uh, a Friday night Bible study that was going on with our, our our believers there. And remember, we had a group from all over the world. It started; the church started out as again as a as a Filipino Bible study from all parts of the Philippines. We had people from the former Soviet Union there, um, a lady from Argentina. There was just a, a Russian speakers. There's a lot of different groups that were there uh, presented, and we would study the Bible together. And I could never get over the thirst for the word of God in those Bible studies. You would teach the word and all that. And, you know, they would listen, But then they would ask questions, but they were engaged with their eyes. They were engaged with their ears. They would ask questions. I remember there was this, we had three Olgas in our church. So we named them Olga number one, Olga number two, and Olga number three, because that was the order they started coming to the church. Okay, Olga number one, first game. Anyways, so Olga number three comes. She had a lot of questions. And I think she just really had questions to ask questions. You know, she was just one of those people likes to talk. And so, um, anyway, so Olga number three, she would ask question after question, and uh, we would go through a study. And I, it felt like I only got through maybe one point that's that's you know that Bible study. But she just asked these questions, and there were good questions. There were good, sincere Bible questions that was on her mind, on her heart. And she was the person who would speak first and then think later. Okay, but God worked it all out. And so we just faithfully and slowly answered those questions those bible questions uh through that let me just share one interesting little story that happened so the lord had worked in her heart she had been coming her and her family started would come for let's see her probably about mm, over half a year by this point and uh so we got to know them fairly well and uh one day she asked me a question about um uh what do, what does speaking in tongues mean she kind of had a charismatic uh pentecostal background in russia is is kind of her background and so she was asking about that so instead of giving her a, just a quick little answer i said this is what i want you to do olga i want you to go back home and i want you to read first corinthians 12 13 and 14 and just ask god to speak to you on what that should be let god's word speak for itself she came to me the next week and she says pastor i had no idea by the way the church she came from really didn't teach the word of god it was all about experience and all kinds of mishmash of things there really was no sound doctrine at all in the place that she came from." from russia but nonetheless she asked those questions and god's word just spoke to her and through that she said i realized from that that i am lost i need to get saved and she got saved that night i tell you what we got to baptize her uh she had believe it or not she had elephantitis. if you ever saw the elephant man or read that book she actually had a condition like that but anyways we got to uh, be with her bless her family got to see her baptized in the jordan river what a blessing and see that family continue to grow in the in the Lord. That was just one of many. I love our Filipino brothers and sisters that were there. Just question after question. Sometimes they would call me later in the week, said, pastor, I was reading this verse. What about that? And just see that insatiable desire to know God's word. Like I said, as a newborn baby instinctively longs for its mother's milk, even so should every believer, newborn or not, should long for the milk of the word. That should come naturally to us if you're not longing for God's word, kick yourself in the pants or have your wife do it for you, you know? Get yourself in the mindset of that. Let God's word speak to you, okay? So we are, as no one babes, we are desire. And then what is this desire like? God's word is, is, as we say, we desire for God's word. As it says here, desire the sincere, the word. The word sincere there is really the idea of guileless or unadulterated. There's nothing added to it or anything else like that nothing changed in it and so this is very important that newborn babes i like what one commentator says this newborn as you think about this they desire this sincere or guileless or unadulterated milk newborns as one commentator says are capable of nothing but desire it's interesting babies i'm thinking of our babies that we have here babies desire all the time right there's usually just a couple things that babies want, want to be changed, want to be fed. You know, they're just it's pretty specific, right, in doing that. But babies just want desire all the time. They want, they want, they want. And so this is what it should be for us as well. We should desire naturally. But also, babies also do it with no guile, with no, um, with, with kind of pureness, if you will. They, If they're hungry, they actually meet it. They're not faking it. You understand that? They don't fake being hungry. They don't fake having a dirty diaper. Let your nose tell you, okay? This is very, very important. Same thing with a believer, that this should come so naturally for us, that we should have that same desire. It's a pure desire for the word ourselves, but also that what is given to us is pure as well. It's guileless or unadulterated. Now, let me kind of point this out of what Peter is doing here what does it mean by this sincere milk of the word or, or without guile? Look in verse one, look in context. I want you to look in context. It says in verse one, wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. In other words, he's challenging them in their heart and their behavior. And actually, if you look at the last part of first uh, Peter chapter one, there's a, a problem with really disunity in the body of Christ right there. And he's actually saying in verse 22, seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit, or this is chapter one, verse 22, sorry. Uh, obeying the truth through this spirit unto unfeigned love for the brethren, of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So the idea is this, that there was not a true love going on with those believers there. They were at odds with each other. In Hebrew, we say they were brogues with each other, okay? So they were, it's kind of a slang, Israeli slang. They were brogues which you, though. They were at odds with each other. It wasn't a pure love. It was hypocritical at best, really. And so this is the idea. Whereas that fellowship and that relationship was with guile, hypocrisies, envies, and evil, speakings, and malice, as it says in chapter 2, verse 1, as newborn babes, you should desire something that is the opposite of that. And what is that? That is the milk of the word. How do you have... Here's here's one of the blessings of being in the word is unity. Unity and love in the spirit with the church, okay? A church that is at odds with each other is a church that's not in the word. That's, That's important, okay? So very, very important as we see this, all right? And when we talk about this, the sincere milk of the word, what is this talking about as well? This is really talking about really the simplicity of the gospel. That as newborns desire the sincere or pure, Unadulterated milk of the word that this is referring to here, the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. Let me just say this: in Peter, remember Peter is writing this. Go back in your mind to Acts chapter fifteen. There was debate going on even there in the early church of what exactly was associated with the gospel. The gospel, first of all, is this: according to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, it is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the good news: the fact that Jesus Christ died for sinners and offers forgiveness okay in a relationship with him praise god for the gospel but what was happening in acts chapter 15 there was some debate about well maybe you need something more than that such as those who are circumcised you need to be circumcised like the times of moses under law of moses in order to be truly a follower of jesus you need to keep the dietary laws, celebrate the feast days you need to do all these additives all these extra things in order to have the gospel in order to follow christ that's what it's talking about here peter is 1st account of that even he and paul were kind of at odds once in a while that they got things settled okay in fact they actually commend one another later on but it's interesting as you think about this. this is simply talking about this what is given to us is the simplicity of the gospel right here we should not forsake it nor underestimate the simplicity of the gospel there's a lot of churches and groups today that they have a, maybe they use the word gospel, but you never hear it really presented. Never hear it really described. They never go to scripture to explain it. And you're left wondering, well, what is the gospel? What's the good news? Well, do better, all right? Put a smile on your face. And that's really maybe the best advice they can give you. Folks, that doesn't change lives. It's God's word that changes lives. centered on Jesus Christ. So what is the purpose? What is the message of the Bible itself? It's focusing on one person. That's Jesus, the Messiah. The whole book, start to finish, Genesis through Revelation, is about one person as Jesus the Messiah and how the world can be changed by trusting in him. Amazing, okay? But here's the thing. Not only should we receive it, receive the word, receive the gospel, but also desire it or long for it and do it with gusto. That's the idea. It's not desiring the word of God, like, okay, I'm a little thirsty, I'll just have a, you know, refreshment, things like that. No, you do it with gusto. It's like, man, you just drink it for everything it's worth you know what, going back to our friends in Israel in our Bible study, that's exactly what they would do. They'd get in God's word, and they would get as much as they could out of it, and it was never enough. So let's go more and more and more and get to know our great God. That was their heart and desire. I pray for you that you would also have that desire for the word. That you would get into it and daily commit yourself to the word of God and do it with gusto, with desire, that you can't get enough of this. Said, oh, Know the sweet Jesus Christ. Know him personally. Love him. Serve him. Read his word. Get to know him better. Praise God for that. As we think about that, God's word nourishes us. It mentions us here that it nourishes us like milk. In 1 Corinthians 3, it nourishes us as meat, talking about the meat of the word. Okay, Sometimes we refer to that as maybe the heavier subjects in the Bible, which there definitely are some parts, some spots you have to like dig a little deeper. Compare scripture with scripture. You got to do a little bit more with that. That's okay. The Bible also says that it nourishes us like bread. Jesus answered and said, Luke 4, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Okay, so it is like bread. The Bible says it's also like honey. Psalm 119 verse 103 says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, ye sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalm 19 verse 10 says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. So God's word nourishes is like milk, like meat, like bread, and like honey. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a good meal. Okay? Praise God for that. And so here's the thing. This this milk of the word, this meat of the word, bread of the word, the honey of the word is as well. What is the purpose of it? It is complete for everything we need in life and godliness. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture... For every scripture is given by inspiration to God's God-breathed, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In other words, God's Word is there to equip you and to mature you, that you would grow in Him. So grow in God's Word. This is essential in the life of not just new believers, but every believer. Get in God's Word. So important. And what's the purpose? That you may grow thereby. As the believer, then, look at with me in verse 3. If he have be so be that he tasted that the Lord is gracious. This idea here that the believer has tasted the graciousness of the Lord. How how did that happen? How did you taste the graciousness of the Lord is by responding to him for salvation. If you are here as a child of God, to you respond to the message of salvation. You have tasted the graciousness of God. Be thankful. I don't know about you, but that's probably the best meal you'll ever have. Okay. Praise God for that. Okay. If you're here today, you've never done that. You don't know the Lord. My word, you have not tasted his graciousness. You are lacking. All right? You are lacking in that. The idea is this, that God's word is there to, to nourish us, to complete us, to equip us for every work that God has called to do. Okay? So, again, we are to respond to the message of salvation. And in doing that, we taste the graciousness of the Lord. And then now, what happens next? We mature by feeding on the word of God. Yeah, this is tied to our new birth. Look in uh, 1 Peter one twenty three. It says here, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So this is connected with our new birth. Okay? And in, in Christ. And so this is so important that God's word is there to help us to grow in him. Praise God for that. Again, our idea is as we grow, we should feed and feed again. Drink and drink again. I like what... Uh, Uh, the uh, theologian Wayne Grudem says to drink the milk of the word is to taste again and again what he is like for in hearing of God of the Lord's words believers experience the joy and personal fellowship with the Lord himself as you get into the word of God you're having fellowship with the Lord right there praise God for that so today I want to kind of wrap this all up this kind of just been studying that that verse in particular but let's now look at practical ways of how to grow in God's word. How do you do that? We talked about Bibles, and if you have several copies of that, read it, okay? You say you have five, six, seven hundred Bibles, just read it, okay, all right? By the way, so how do we do this? First of all, get to know your Bible. Get to know your Bible. Look at how it's sometimes new believers. uh, It's like, where do I start? I mean, this is kind of daunting when you open this up and there's all these books and names and things like that. I like to challenge people this way. You know, a lot of Christians, to them, the Bible is a distant book. What do I mean by that? You read names you can't pronounce, places you don't know where they are, and customs you're not familiar with. And for that, for many people, you're a little bit distant from that. So get to know the Bible. Get to know the background. Know that the Bible, for example, is divided. There's, first of all, 66 books. It's kind of like a library, all right? Within that, there's a Old and New Testament, and there's a purpose for each one, okay? There's 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. And they work together beautifully to, again, show us who Jesus is. Again, as we do that, get to know your Bible. Next is read your Bible. Read your Bible, pray every day, and obey. Very simple. Make this a practice. I encourage everyone to have a God and I time every day. Have a God and I time. A devotion time. Uh, One thing I would challenge you to do is choose a place. Have a place where you can sit. Maybe it's a favorite chair or a dining room table or in your car or whatever it may be. Choose a place of prayer, a place to study and read God's word. And I challenge you to remove hindrances. Turn off the TV, for example. Turn off your phone or put it on uh, airplane mode or something like that. Just remove a few hindrances for a while just to have some undivided time with the Lord. Okay, very practical. Have God and I time. What a blessing. This is not something, again, you should do. Oh, okay, is that uh, that time of year, you know, I do that. This is every day, okay, every day. If a beginner, if you're a beginner in the Lord and you are saying, well, what should, how should I start? I encourage people to start with one of the Gospels. Uh, some people say the read of the book of John, Matthew, I think it depends, but read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And the purpose of that, especially as a new believer, is simply get to know Jesus. If you're just starting this out, get to know Jesus by reading those Gospels. As you do that, I want you to read the Bible in two different ways. There's two ways I encourage you to read the Bible. Number one, read it fast. In other words, read several chapters, maybe at a sitting, things like that. Just keep going as you're reading that. And then the other way, if you're not reading it fast, you read it slow, okay? Read it slow. In other words, take your time on some of those passages as well. Slow down a little bit in some areas. So read it in two different ways, fast and slow. And you'll get a kind of a rhythm, if you will, in doing that. Another thing, good practice is take notes and ask questions. Take notes and ask questions. Okay. If you come to a verse and you're like, what, what does this mean? Again, you're scratching your head about that. Uh, maybe jot a note, highlight it, mark it, put it in a notebook, whatever, and maybe ask a question about it. Uh, one thing I encourage people to do is when they look at the Bible is do the 2020 principle. I've said this before. What's the 2020 principle? If you have a question about a verse, you do what? Read 20 verses before and 20 verses after. Get the context. Context is king. Okay. When you do, when you study the Bible, Look at the context. It's the first rule uh, there that I would do in in looking at that, okay? Ask yourself this question when you read the Bible. What does God want me to know about himself? You read through 1 Peter, for example. What does God want me to know about himself through that? Uh, Also, meditate on God's word. Psalm 1, verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. Let this be continually on your mind mutter under a breath. You know, sometimes I'm walking down the grocery store and I'm trying to find this or that and I'm just kind of maybe muttering something. Oh, oh, you know, that's a good verse. It reminds me of a verse, something like that. Uh, Joshua 1.8 says, This book the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So meditate on God's word. and in doing that, I encourage you to memorize God's word. Take some verses and memorize it. Write it on a card if you have to. Uh, Highlight it. Send uh, yourself a text. Send your husband or your wife a text. uh, Some scripture. Uh, Keep this always before you. Psalm 119, verse 11. Maybe know this by heart. Hopefully you've memorized this verse. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. See? You've already memorized one. All right. Praise God. Good start for the day. All right. Another thing I would say is use uh, a devotional at times. There are several different devotionals out. We have two that are on our back table, the Welcome Center, such as Our Daily Bread and Days of Praise. And there's others out there as well. I, throughout the year, I'll use a different devotion myself. And uh, what I like to call this is spiritual trail mix. Spiritual trail mix. You know, you read it, it always takes like about a minute or two to read it. But you know what? It might be just a little bit to munch on for the day. Maybe a thought, maybe a little bit of encouragement. Remember, there was devotional in other books. They are not inspired. One book is inspired. But these are written by people who love the Lord and they desire that others would grow in him. So have a little spiritual trail mix. Take one of those with you. There's plenty out there. All right, make plans to read through the Bible. Maybe read through the Bible in a year. I personally do it twice a year. That's just my, my routine and I enjoy it. But read through the Bible, make it a goal. I will read through the Bible in a year, something like that. Or simply just read through the Bible, okay? Uh, also, here's a critical one. In, in concerning the Bible, place yourself under the ministry of the word. Place yourself under the ministry of the word, under the, under the preaching of the word. It's a privilege to open up every Sunday and Wednesday, by the way, and open up God's word and preach and teach to our congregation here. But this should be really the goal of every believer is to be under the preaching of God's word. And you're probably wondering, where does the pastor go to preach? Well, a lot of times I'll listen to other preachers myself. I'll listen to another pastor, how we preach, maybe on a certain text or whatever. Uh, Sometimes, Carrie, believe it or not, sometimes I do listen to my dad. (laughs) You can pray for him, right? (laughs) Anyway, nonetheless, be under God's word. That's why church is so important, by the way, to to be under the word of God, the preaching of the word of God. Uh, Listen to preaching that upholds the value of scripture and upholds Jesus Christ. Okay, and then lastly, make it a goal to obey or apply God's word. Let God's word change your life. Okay, so quick challenge. Why do we memorize God's word, keep God's word that I might not sin against thee? So here's the thing. Sin will keep me from this book or more importantly, this book is going to keep me from sin. How important we need God's word. I like what D.L. Moody says this, that the Bible was not given for our information, but for our transformation. This is not just to, you know, do well on a Bible quiz, things like that. This is to transform your life. So my challenge to you today, give glory to God, grow in his word, let it change your life. Grow in the word of God. Amen. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ, Jesus died for you, died for you on the cross. He was buried and he rose again, triumphant over sin and death. I challenge you, if you do not know him as your savior today, by all means, get to know him, get to know his word, trust in him and follow him surrender to him. And for those who have been say maybe for a short time or for years, walk with the Lord, get in this word, and let's grow together.